Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Katz and Pike Green. So, so yeah, I think, I think all this, I think all, I think that they can't turn their head anymore. And you know, more than anything, what's happening with them is I think they're realizing, okay, we need a booming industry. Every time the United States is in real tr- financial trouble, they, we seek something innovative, something new. In this case, they've held something off forever. They just kept it away, kept it away. And I think, I think the economic argument is probably fueling them to look further at it because there's been right. positive result, positive information regarding marijuana's medical use and low addiction, you know, results for a long time. Um, sure. And that, you know, now it's just getting more credible possibly, but I think really they're just, it is. you know, the federal consciousness. It's getting, I think it's getting, it's getting harder and harder, nearly impossible to sidestep the facts the factual information that that is available to people and it's been accurately disseminated due in part to people like us and people mm-hmm. like our listeners that tell people and talk about these things in an honest way and disseminate this this uh the truth about this issue and i i'm amazed that the ama had reversed an 80 plus year policy that's a that's a monumental change in opinion, because you're exactly right in, in saying that the AMA is, is considered the not only it's, is it the largest medical establishment organization in our country, but it's also uh, probably one of the most well respected. But but more so, it's even it's the, it's known as the most conservative. So that's that's one that the government would be more uh, likely to to listen to. And uh, when they when they say, hey, look. We think maybe we should re- review this because we're thinking that it might be uh, in the wrong place, and that's a that's a pretty strong strong statement to come from them. Those that that panel of people. Definitely. Let me give you a guess. It's going to be the conservatives that lead this movement into federal legal legalization. Isn't mark that something? Mark my word. Now I have a feeling. That that's what's going to happen. The Tea Partiers in the Republican Party, which, by the way, right now Ron Paul is the leading candidate for a Republican presidential nominee in 2012. Um, I have a feeling that the the more libertarian base of the Republican Party is eventually going to convince more of the Republican Party to it's time to legalize marijuana. And yeah. I think they will. That would be one good way of them retaking the White House in uh, in 2012. So. Those sort of things might actually be happening. Hey, I've got an update on that kid, uh, Chris uh, Barkowitz. They got arrested last week in uh, uh-huh. in uh, Denver by DEA. So yeah, what last, you got? <clears throat> last week we um, told you a lot about his story. Uh, and the, the bits of it was he did a TV interview. He told them he was living the dream. He showed him his grow. It was like a, a tin light scene in his basement with like 120 plants or something. And, you know, and then boom, the DEA kicks his door in the next day and arrests him, right? Right. Um, what we did, we didn't know at the time was he told them on television that he is thinking he's going to make $400,000 this year. Um, 
I don't know. Oh. There's kind of a problem with being able to make $400,000 in your basement. I don't think that <laughs> our economy will really in any way be sustainable if uh, you can make $400,000 a year in your basement. Um, Tax-free. I think that there's no way he's actually going to be making that because he must be smoking way too much of his own dope because that's a lot of money <laughs> and a fairly small garden, actually. But, um, you know, like, really, dude, if, if you can make $400,000 in your basement, everyone's going to start growing pot. And mm-hmm. that's not going to work out so well, I don't think. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of uh, dangling a little carrot out there like, hey, guys. Yeah, I'm a Come and get me. over here. Come and get me, you know. <laughs> Probably not the smartest thing in the world to do. Not that I don't think we should be talking about the economics uh, surrounding this, but uh, that dude's high. Yeah, that was, that was pretty uh, ridiculous for him to make comments like that in public. I mean, be <laughs> real. Hey, dude. hey. Hey, federal Rottweilers, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And now right. he can – and so since he's making so much, I'm sure he'll have no, no problem affording the best representation in his federal case. Look, I hope the guy wins his federal case. He shouldn't be prosecuted for what he's doing. Uh, and, and maybe potentially this is even what he wanted. I don't know. He probably didn't think the DEA was coming the very next day. But he got their attention, you know. So, yeah. And, you know, as a bonus, he got to see the latest in paramilitary armament. And he knows all about what those flak vests look like. Right, right. You know, in case he's a a war material aficionado, he's up on his uh, paraphernalia. Yeah, you think, like, when they kick the door down, they put the gun in his face. He's like, whoa, that's a sweet gun, man. Oh, cool, dude. What kind of mask is that? Is that, yeah. te- is that like Kevlar? That's the nicest black color I've ever seen, man. Where'd you get those boots? Sweet. Yeah, it does. It does. Got it any does. more news there, JK? Yeah, I got a little uh, interesting international tidbit for us, uh, courtesy okay. of Normal, our well-respected national organization for the reform of marijuana laws, posted on February 19th. This headline in the UK, supposed marijuana and schizophrenia link is quote unquote overstated. Very nice. So once again, the UK is debunking things, scare tactics, fear tactics that United States uh, authorities are putting forth. And so the story goes on to say that they did conduct uh, significant uh, medical research on this issue, um, clinical evidence indicating that marijuana may be ca- uh, casually linked to incidences of schizophrenia or other psychological harms is not compelling, they found, according to the scientific review published online by the journal Addiction. Um, further, investigators at the University of Bristol Department of Social Medicine assessed the potential risk of cannabis, particularly whether the use of drug may be uh, causally linked with mental illness. And the authors wrote that, and I quote them, we continue to take the view that the evidence that cannabis use causes schizophrenia is neither very new nor normal criteria, nor by normal criteria, particularly compelling. 
For example, our recent modeling suggests we would need to prevent between 3,000 and 5,000 cases of heavy cannabis use among young men and women to prevent one case of schizophrenia. And that's four or five times more young people would need to avoid light cannabis use to prevent a single schizophrenia case. So that's a very significant uh, uh, fact there. And they, they concluded to say that the strongest evidence of a possible causal relation between cannabis use and schizophrenia emerged more than 20 years ago and, and that the strength of more recent evidence may have been overstated. And in 2007, an analysis in the British medical journal, The Lancet, which is uh, I don't know, roughly comparable to our New England Journal of Medicine, um, they estimated that experimenting with marijuana could increase one's risk of development of psychotic illness later in life by some 40 percent is which well that's that's part of what uh, I guess subsequently spurred this research to try to check this out what it actually spurred <laughs> in the worst case scenario coming to life uh, following the report the parliament in 2008, voted to reclassify marijuana as a class B substance. So they actually did reclassification based uh, largely on that uh, threat factor that was reported. So that was a big, big deal. And so for the University of Bristol to go and do this important research and come out with these, these findings, that's, uh, that's promising for all. Uh, I mean, there's a, some people think there's a link between caffeine and schizophrenia. Are we going to take away everybody's caffeine? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, I I could uh I could, you know, frankly, I could smoke my brains out and and you know, the worst thing I would ever get is a little bit of a headache and go, "Wow, you know, that was too much and that was irresponsible," you know, and I probably haven't done anything like that since I was, you know, young, a very young person, but you know, it brings it, up a good it brings up a good topic though, like does marijuana, you know, a potential future topic, does marijuana have a like the ability to enhance someone's propensity to some sort of uh, negative behavior or mental um, problem. Like if you are, you know, like, you know, if you're somewhat gluttonous, does marijuana make you eat more food to the point to where you're, you know, <laughs> gluttonous pig or whatnot? Um, <laughs> does it make you, you know, can it make you way lazy if you're kind of already a lazy person? Does it make you more lazy? You know, like, I mean, it's a reasonable discussion. It's kind of like caffeine, sure. I mean, or anything. Like, you know, you want to be running around, get as much done as you can. You're the type that wants to bounce off the walls. Does caffeine help you do that? Does booze help you uh, say stupid stuff? <laughs> I mean, you know, like, it's, it's a reasonable, it's a reasonable discussion. But, um, I would suggest sativa for the the wall bouncers. Sativa for the wall bouncers, and uh, mm -hmm. definitely sativa for those with um, possible schizophrenic tendencies too. <laughs> Probably be a good idea. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, it's just every, so many things that we have that are on in legal markets also have significant health risks if overused, if used incorrectly, and they're not illegal. But because you know. Potentially, marijuana may have some some links to some other um, to some psychological problems or to some health issues. It's the worst thing in the world. But we don't go and 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 you know talk about Oscar Mayer wieners and McDonald's in the way the the, that the federal government does. We allow them to operate. And uh, right, I, I would even uh, you know I think that marijuana is even safer than fast food. So. Um, yeah, 
you know, that's that's a trip, huh? Uh, I, I I totally believe that the government tries to overstate any negative any negative um, evidence there is towards marijuana and understate any positive evidence, and that's that's just where I stand on it. So. Sure, that's the tactic. That's it. That's the tactic. So what's up for today, man? What's going on for Yeah, today? well, I thought we would go over briefly. Um, obviously, there's so much going on right now. It would take uh, more than one show to cover all this stuff. So we'll just kind of consolidate it down into a, a brief uh, discussion about what's happening with pending legislation or ballot measures to legalize okay. medical marijuana around the nation. And uh, kicking that off, 13 states uh, – currently uh, have pending legislation or ballot measures to legalize medical uh, cannabis. Um, Those states are Alabama, Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Maryland, Massachusetts, Missouri, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. Alabama? Uh, Alabama. There are some very, very staunch, uh, very dedicated activists down in Alabama for sure. And I tell you what, um, anybody that stands up and, and, and follows through with positive action, constructive action to uh, benefit, you know, and, and create, uh, pr- promote positive, lasting positive change for people is, is a courageous person in my eyes. But especially if you're growing up in the Bible Belt of Alabama. Dude, and- it is. So poor, that state. I don't know if you've ever been through Alabama. I've spent some time in Alabama, and it is such a depressed economy down there. And uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that they're even considering considering medical marijuana. And, I am. Uh, it is. I'd love uh, to have some listeners give you know give us some feedback on what the real situation's like on the ground down there. Awesome. It's it's uh, at the legislative uh, level. It's House Bill HB 207. And this bill would authorize the medical use of marijuana only for certain qualifying patients who've been diagnosed by a physician as having a debilitating medical condition. Um, The status thus far, it's introduced by Representative Todd, referred to the House of Representatives Committee on Judiciary um, January 12th of 2010. So that's where it's at right now. It's not dead. It's still rolling forward. So that's a good thing. I'm going to skip over a couple of these states because there's something a little bit extra special about those. You mentioned Iowa. They currently have Senate Bill um, SF-293. That is an act creating the Medical Marijuana Act, including the creation of compassion centers and providing for civil and criminal penalties and fees. That's been referred to the Human Resources Subcommittee. The last knowledge we have of it was back in March of '09. So I don't know what's going on with that one, but all uh, all chances are that, that that one's probably dead and yeah. uh, will need to be reenacted and brought in. A lot of these bills are not initial attempts; they've already been defeated, and they're just they're just relentless. Thank goodness these people aren't giving up and they keep trying because uh, they're get, they're getting farther and farther. Kansas has House Bill HB 2610. That's an act uh, enacting the Medical Cannabis Act, providing for the legal use of marijuana for certain debilitating medical conditions, providing for the registration and functions of compassion centers, authorizing the issuance of identification cards, providing for administration of the act by the Department of Health and Environment, which a lot of states are going to um, in this their legislation, um, assigning these duties, this management to their departments of health. 
Um, whether or not that is a good idea or, more importantly, a functional idea, um, that's let, yet to be seen. As you know, I'm from Illinois, and our state did pass a medical marijuana uh, law way back in, I believe, 1978. Um, they were ordered to uh, the health department. That was contingent upon um, the health department implementing it. And obviously, uh, we have... We have medical cannabis bills in our legislature right now, so so that didn't go over too well. So hopefully that's going to work out better in this day and age. Um, going on, Maryland has House Bill HB 712 and Senate Bill SB 627. Um, so far, those have gone. Um, this, their Senate bill was introduced by Senator Brinkley and nine co-sponsors. And um, the first reading in Judicial Proceedings Committee was on February 5th of this month. So that's rolling. That's a new, a new one that's still fresh and it's still going. It's very healthy so far. Um, I want to touch on a couple of these things that are, that are most important. One of them that stands out is Delaware. And I'll tell you what, Delaware... They have SB 94, and it, it now awaits a vote in the Senate, which should happen in 2010, um, this year. Um, this is the second year of its two-year session, which uh, start, I think they went back in January 12th. So they're in now. So anytime from now till sometime this, this year before the session is over, um, we're anticipating some sort of a vote on this. This one is particularly critical because – Delaware has very harsh marijuana laws. It has the 12th highest marijuana arrest rate of the U.S. states, um, with a first offense possession of even a single joint punishable by up to six months in jail and a $1,200 fine. So that's seriously, uh, you can imagine for that limited quantity of one joint. Uh, it, it, it I refuse probably, to even hang out in states like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, I'm not coming to visit Delaware no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as you know, as I've discussed before, um, probably my brightest uh, news item in this area today is the Illinois Senate Bill uh, 1381 for medical cannabis. That one has been rolling, um, as you're probably aware, at the, late in the last – before they recessed last year, um, right before actually – the uh, the House approved it. They voted it in. So it's it's just trying to get past the Senate at this point. Um, so we're very hopeful. Um, there are lobby days being set up. Normal uh, normal Illinois normal in, in conjunction with the national uh, low normal is uh, has firmed up some dates. Lobbying days are February eighteenth. Yes, tomorrow. Um, March 16th and, uh, coincidentally, I'm thinking April 20th. So I will be there at every one of those days. You missed uh, February 18th, buddy. It's today's the 22nd. February 18th. Oh yes. Oh, well, when I wrote this, when I wrote this, February 18th was tomorrow. So, so we did had you make to, it. Yeah. Did you make, you, you did make it good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't. They didn't have a. They didn't have a big lobby there, but but I uh, I phoned my uh, legislators and I, I made some contact. So you know Good. that's that's what Good you deal. can do. 
But, you know, I anticipated there would actually be a big group of lobbyists out there tomorrow. So I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Maybe I'll just take a walk down there and see who I can rustle up and <laughs> get their attention anyway. Because, you know. I got a question for you. I mean, you guys have fairly, you know, I mean, for that area in the Midwest, your uh, criminal laws on marijuana aren't the worst. But in comparison to what we're used to over here on the West Coast, they are pretty bad. For but sure. do you think that a state fairly immediately upon passing medical legislation loosens up its criminal charges on marijuana? Do you think that mm -hmm. that's like for Delaware, Illinois, Alabama states yeah. that are really harsh on marijuana? You think you know, it's just I don't know how that's going to work. I think maybe that's a, that's a very good question. I would wonder about that. They're, 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 the problem we're having with pushing this legislation through is the opponents is generally the, the law enforcement community. So the only reason that we think that this one in Illinois, uh, this 1381 got so as far as it has so far is because the, the sponsor, the person that wrote this legislation is, um, a former prosecutor. So he already has very close ties and, and, a, and a high level of respect build up within the law enforcement community. So that was a way to sort of surmount that, that barrier a little bit. And so I, I don't know, that's a really good question. I think uh, the, the fear and there's the fear tactic coming into play largely, I think as well here is that if we do this, it's just going to open up the floodgates and things will be out of control. I, I caught a, a conversation um, just yesterday with some people talking about, well, if, uh, if people, there was, there was something where some criminals, uh, robbed some medical or they, well, they were, they had a lot of cannabis. They, they stole some, some, uh, marijuana from people. And the people said, you know, it's for medical use, of course, not legally in the state yet, but that's what they were saying. And, and they said, you know, that just shows that it doesn't matter what the legality of cannabis is there's still going to be criminals out there and it's still going to be a, a criminal trafficking thing. And because pe people just want this so bad. And I said, wait a minute, hold on a second. That's not true. That's not true at all because these guys aren't, aren't pulling this heist because they love marijuana. They're pulling the heist because due to primarily to the legality of the, of the substance, it's worth a lot of money, and they love money, and that's all it is. It's an easier way than robbing a bank, you know, and, and that's why they're doing that. So, indeed, if the laws were changed, those types of crimes would, would be greatly diminished because the incentive is not there because they're, they're only going to get as a bunch of green plant matter, you know, that they're not really that excited about. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think maybe there will be a surge immediately, and then – and then maybe uh, it would level off. I mean, I think that's anticipated, though. I think most people are aware that that when you when you make such a a significant change in the laws that allow certain behaviors to happen that 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 prior to that law being passed were strictly prohibited, then there's uh, there that should be expected. There'll be an initial kind of shift. There'll be an initial movement, but I think it'll I think it'll level out. I mean. People aren't people aren't just solely staying away from cannabis because it's illegal most of the time. I don't think. Yeah, um, because of all the other hoopla surrounding it as well. But yeah, I think I don't know. I think that I think that if you pass a law like that, 
allowing a certain segment of your of your population to use a substance that the rest of the population is going to expect some lightening up on laws towards it. I mean, that's basically what happened here in California. It was like as soon as 215 passed, oh, well, all of a sudden now less than an ounce, you just get a ticket. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they moved towards that sort of decriminalization here, which is already a fairly decent amount of decriminalization, really. I mean, it's 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 uh, not decriminalization, as in they still you still get a ticket, you still have to pay the government, etc. But uh, that's what happened here, and I would suspect that those states will be moving in that direction too. But man, that those are some tough drug laws in states like Delaware and they are, Illinois. They are. I mean, you know, you get you get in real trouble for it. It's not fake. It's real trouble. So, in fairness, they do have at least some level of sensibility in uh, moving toward, and not on the state level, um, as you were implying with California, but but on on the municipalities, like uh, the Peoria area, I believe has some some sense of a, a decriminalization law. And I know that Springfield, the state capital here in Illinois, um, has recently, um, just last year, they they uh, I believe it was the uh, award kind of award member. I don't know what that is. Is that a, that's some kind of a district city official um, brought this cause up and um, got it passed. And they they passed this uh, new rule that was uh, essentially just your average decriminalization measure, where it was a ticketable offense became a ticketable offense, and that's a that was a harsh contrast to what it was before that. And a lot of places have said, you know, it is now our lowest priority or whatever, but no one has said, there hasn't been a district attorney or anything, and as far as I know, that says, we're not going to prosecute it, you know, or anything like that, like, to local, uh, lo local municipalities haven't gone that far, it doesn't seem like, but there's tons all over the country that have gone with uh, make, making it a uh, more of a um, uh, less criminalized, you know, more decriminalized tickets, et cetera, things of the sort, instead of putting everyone in jail for it. So, I like to think of it as a little more lettuce-like. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, um, you know, I got um, I got another question for you, Jamie. So sure. I'm hearing in some of these laws that you were reading off earlier, it sounds like uh, they're trying to put in the law, um, they're trying to codify com compassion things. Um, yes. one of, I, I, you know, I, one of my trips on that is, is way tan, a big tangent. Like, why is everyone so big on the word compassion when it comes to marijuana? Like, what's the deal? Sure. But, um, anyway, the, the real question is, is like California and Denver, I mean, Colorado did not speak in their bills about compassion centers, dispensaries, collected. Precisely why you're seeing them in the bills now. But it's also precisely why they're getting killed, I would imagine, because those state, a lot of those states have propensity to not want um, that sort of thing. They want people to be able to – like the, the mind frame is, is, oh, well, we'll let it go, but you guys should like grow your own or like have someone grow it for you. We don't want to make it too easy for you. We don't want to have a market. And um, I imagine that it's, it makes it more difficult to get it through. And then you look at a bill like New Jersey's most recent bill, and I believe that they have limited the number of dispensaries at the entire state of New Jersey, which is a populated, a fairly populated state, right. can have. 
and it's a low number of dispensaries. It's like six or something like that. And I believe at first they were going to make them be nonprofits, but then they changed into profits. And I'm just wondering, you know, what's going on with, with bills like that? In New Jersey, for instance, yeah. they aren't going to let you as a medical business, so they're different. And these other states are like, well, we'll let you grow your own, but we don't want, you know, we don't want dispensaries. Well, in New Jersey, they're saying, we're not going to let you grow your own, and we're going to have dispensaries, but only so few of them, and they're going to have to produce all their own medicine. Right. So major difference between those two sort of types of legislation. And um, major. I, I can see, like, a lot of backdooring in the uh, uh, New Jersey bill, whereas they've already got, they already know who's going to be running those facilities. And where all that, you know, all that money is going to be coming from, and to provide medicine on that scale in that state, I mean, those those dispensaries are going to be large and in charge, uh, big time. But those those are the yeah. two differences that I've noticed in the laws. And it's a big I difference. Just, I just, you yeah. know, seeing them move towards um, codifying dispensaries, compassion centers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I believe is going to be very interesting to start picking off the states that make it reasonable for business people, you know? Right. 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 Well, you know, the, the experiences I've had with uh, communicating with legislators, which I've talked to, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many, it's probably hard to count how many legislators, senators and, and, and state uh, uh, councilmen I've, I've spoken with about this issue. Um, the, the most, probably the most repeated uh, statement I get is this, this can't be, it's never going to pass here. Not in the Midwest. Nobody, no, we don't, nobody wants another California. That's what I yeah. heard over and over and over. And what they're referring to is this, this hyperbolic fear infused notion that it's just a complete free for all and, and total chaos and absolutely out of control. And they're getting overrun with this whole cannabis. Oh yeah. Spectrum. Well, and it's also, it also follows that no one wants to be like California, but then everyone ends up being like California. Like California. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's been like that since I was a little kid, you know, there would be a, a trend that happened in California and lo and behold, there it comes to Illinois and everybody's 20 doing years it. later. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> right. They fight, uh, anything that we do. I mean, we have problems with our system here, but, all businesses have problems. That's why we regulate them. That's why we we let them grow and we find out what's wrong with them and we try and figure out how to pinpoint and fix those problems. Um, but dude, we have the best. We have some of the best weed in the world, and a lot of it. And it's accessible. And anyone that wants it can get it. I don't see a problem with that. I don't either. But it, it, I think it's a. Uh... It's interesting that the the two were. I mean, we're all having tough time. All the states are, are having some really tough times. As, as a nation, fiscally, we're in a in a serious crisis here, as everybody's aware of now. But uh, but far and away, the two most severe uh, states right now, as far as the fiscal dilemma, is is California and Illinois. <laughs> and I mean, what better place to to raise the argument about you know? actually stirring revenue up with uh through cannabis sure so, well i have yeah. a feeling that in california every year our the amount of people that are going you know what i'm just going to pay taxes on this 
this year. I mean, because you can do this business without paying taxes. You can. But now, now what's happening is people are going, man, I'm making some money, but I can't even, like, buy a car because I can't tell the dealership where I make money or how I make money. And right. I think that this year you're going to – this year in particular – and next year, you're going to see huge increases in California in the amount of people that are in this business that start paying their taxes by through their own choice because they want to pay taxes and they want to be able to buy things and they want to have their you know their income on the books and whatnot. And I, I, I just I see that as a as a, a shift that's occurring here and it, it will help our budget. I mean, we're in a huge mess. Um, I don't know what what your situation is in Illinois. We're in a really big yeah. mess out here and um, you know I don't think that they should uh, increase taxes to attempt to um, deal with our, our budget shortfall we should be cutting cutting spending but uh, at the same time the tax base will increase because of our, our newest and one of our most popular industries in, in California medical marijuana you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I see that. Yeah. I see that. I see that happening in all these states, um, where it's you know occurring. I think, and then and then you look at the state. So then you go back to the New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what did they just do? Well, they just controlled it and guaranteed that they're going to get all that money, right? Didn't right. They, to some to some degree as a state, didn't they just potentially successfully guarantee that they get to line their pockets with a lot of that money? That that will be taxable income, and they will get their hands on it by creating creating a law with such rigid guidelines? Yeah. I, I don't really know how they have it structured there, but I know that um, it's by far the, the most highly restricted and it's the, the most limited uh, medical statewide medical cannabis legislate or laws that uh, exist right now to the 14 States that have them. Um, it's, it's, I think sometimes I think that maybe, it's not as beneficial to pass laws that are that restrictive. They actually kind of defeat the point um, as it's heralded as being. I think these people, well, it gets, it gets kind of like Groundhog Day. You ever see that movie Groundhog Day where everything, <laughs> you go through everything and then you start over? This legislative process, it's just amazing. You do, you, activism is run solely on energy, you know, mass amounts of energy. And you put all this energy in there and you, you find ways to stir up and, and cultivate more positive energy and you get it going and then it dies and it's yeah. over and you, and you don't just give up. You can't just give up. So you start over again. And it's just like that groundhog day movie. And after a while, they're just like, man, please just let something pass. And yeah. I, I, I think sometimes maybe, uh, due diligence, really to kind of zoom out to the bigger picture and take a look at that might be beneficial to say, hey, look, we're going to keep up this fight and keep the pressure just as high or higher than we have already. But it's it's a crucial uh, component to to include the the necessity of of proper legislation. And it just can't just just be any legislation that, that fits in there. So hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I think some people believe that, you know, once you get in there, that's kind of a wedge or a foot in the door, so to speak. And then we can expand our policies or what, you know, but as the New Jersey laws are written, it doesn't seem like that's going to be that easy of a a concept to to bring into life. I don't know. It's it's tight. It is tight. It's tight. And, but I mean, you know, as far as that goes, uh, for a state, you know, I, I would have to imagine New Jersey's probably up there on one of the uh, state governments, and you know, 
fairly big amount of trouble with their uh, budget. But um, yeah, uh, I, they, they got their hands on all the dough, and to them, that's a victory, you know. And that's a law that was made by lawmakers. And you got that as a difference too. Like laws where the laws were passed by the the um, voting base seems mm-hmm. to be they seem to be more open Colorado uh, California Michigan um, and then those that have been passed by legislators obviously more restrictive aimed more at hey how do we get our piece of this you know what I mean sort of sort of things and then and then also restricted to the point where they're not realistically actually doing much like helping the you know, helping the access issue, helping prices, anything like that, just like kind of more of like a statement. Like, I mean, like Arizona, for instance, I don't think that it's all that open, you know. Um, uh, I think it was, it may have been a voter-initiated pass, but there's some of these states that have medical marijuana where it's, it's not really making access easy. It's not really making it available to people and, you know, turning it into a thriving economy or anything like that. Mm. And, I mean, it seems to me that the point would be of creating any sort of law or any sort of industry, you know, industry would be for it to thrive. I mean, that would be in the best interest of the state, I would think. But um, in some of these states, it seems like it's not really. It's kind of more of like a they're just making statements like, yeah, now we have medical marijuana. Okay, now shut up, people. <laughs> you know, right. giving us, you know. Well, the the New Jersey Star Ledger, uh, that's a popular, a major New Jersey newspaper, um, reported just today that um, a trade group is helping New Jersey farmers explore whether recently legalized medical marijuana could be a profitable cash crop. So they're they're trying so, to figure out the, the well. The report said that New Jersey Farm Bureau had researched the law, but uh, no surprise, they found it to be quite complex and making it uh, really difficult to predict how the state will write the regulations covering growers. So, I mean, the the actual end uh, decision-making process on how they will regulate the growers aspect of it in New Jersey is not finalized yet. They're still putting that into – and that's typical for a lot of – I think most, if not all, uh, can, medical cannabis statewide legislation has been that way, where they they, they leave that to be shored up after the bill is passed. Well, I believe what they've said in in New Jersey is is that technically the dispensaries are supposed to be selling their own medicine, but Mm -hmm. did not define what that means. What is your own medicine? Does that mean that you can pay someone to make medicine for you? You know what I mean? Like, can can I acquire it then? Or can I have a contract farm or what, what is, what does that actually mean? It being your own medicine, you know, because uh, technically anything that you own is yours, but um, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if the law there says that they have to produce it themselves or not. Um, but uh, that is the gray area that exists in most of our laws. Yeah. The ambiguity is what, what I think the source, the root of a, a lot, a great deal, probably most of the, the problems that, that sprout up, you know, in re- in response to these type of laws being passed, so hopefully, uh, legislator can legislature can do. And you know, uh, it, in fairness, it, it's not a hundred percent the legislator's fault because they're not really up to date and know about this issue that much anyway. 
and they're taking most of their cues from the activists and the uh, people that are authorities on this type of, of issue and cannabis in general and, you know, the medical professionals and so forth. And so, I mean, it's kind of up to, up to us to make sure that we let them know the, the crucial elements that, that are imperative to be included in this type of legislation. There are activists who say California is out of control. Have you heard that from any any people within your circles back there in the mid, Midwest? Absolutely. Actual, actual cannabis activists who say California is out of control. Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Why yeah. are we? What? What? I don't understand. What well, is it? It, I believe most of it has to do with the sensationalized uh, news stories that they get. The information being disseminated to them here in Illinois comes over national news stories, which are often very sensationalized. And there's so far there's five thousand four hundred and whatever. You know, they give these big magnanimous statements followed with these giant figures, and then they show. This this secession, these clips is edited, you know, to where there's these clips of this one and this one and this one and this one. And the I think the notion that people are getting from watching this is, wow, they're everywhere. You know, it's just completely taking over the the whole place. And, and uh, you know, obviously that's not. So are car it. dealerships and pharmacies right. and coffee spots and restaurants. Oh, my God, we've got to get some of these restaurants out of here. There's just so many of them. Food. Right. Everywhere. Well, oh my that's god. It's just a typical ongoing bias, you know, against cannabis. It's just it's an over sensationalized issue. I mean, that's what happens with the demonization of, of any kind of substance or, you know, any kind of thing. Once you once it has that quantity uh, attached to it, the it's just like it's like self sensational sensationalizing. Is that a word? That that's what it is. It just kinda it's automatically a sensationalized topic, no matter where it comes up, and it shouldn't be. It should be, it should be. Uh, people should be kind of deactivated to that sort of that sort of response. And I think that happens from just people getting getting more comfortable with, you know, hey, you know what? This is just this is just a plant, and this is what it does, and this is what it doesn't do. That's probably a bigger bigger part of the picture, like all these things that it's supposed to do from the fear factor. You know, and and well, once they get that, in hindsight, they'll be like going, "Geez, remember when we were scared? You know, to out of our scared witless over over cannabis, and now we understand. You know, that not only is it not a threat, it's a good thing for us. It's just funny though to be to see people that are actually like in favor of cannabis to like think, but no, it needs to be limited. Here's what I have to say to you people. Even though I know you're not listening to our show yet, but someday I think that we will have a constituency of these people, and I'd love to have if this this would be the perfect time to get a call from one of these people. Well, California's out of control because of blah 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 or whatever, right. you know. Um, but uh, here's what I have to say: Look, we might be completely legalizing cannabis in November, and when we do, that means that you, from whatever state you're from, can come to California, visit. Check out all of the bomb pot that we've got here. Go into our dispensaries, smoke in our clubs, go to our vape lounges, enjoy marijuana from a traveling perspective, and see for yourself that it's not out of control. It's just a thriving economy within our state. Mm-hmm. I think we need to I think we need to wrap it up here, though, guys. It's been a bit. Um, okay. But yeah, it's time. Yeah, it's time for interesting that. stuff. 
California's moving in that direction. That's what we want. We want your tourism next. <laughs> when it comes uh, to uh, <laughs> tourism in the USA. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, they already have Oaksterdam. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. I'll be down there this weekend, checking all oh. that shit out this weekend. Yeah. And I'm stoked. But it's time for me to smoke some grass and mow some grass. It's out of control up here. All righty. Two birds, uh-huh. one That's right. That's right. Until next time, this is Pot Green. And I'm Jake Hass. All right, guys. We'll catch you later. Hey, peace and weed. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.